I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pals, at Ryan Peacock NFL, what's going on? I'm uh, I'm doing grand. Uh, I've had a busy, busy weekend. Spent nearly best part of a monkey in IKEA, and now I have a brand new studio space and Packers man cave. Oh, how much did you drop? Did you have the IKEA family card? Have you gone that deep? Yeah, I got the family card. Swipe that. Oh man, what's that? Keep that? I don't know what it does. What does it even do? I don't know. I think you get a family on every tenth purchase or something. They'll just live in your living room. What you get an extra family? Yeah. Oh. Seems like a good deal i suppose is it <laughs> i don't know i don't know you tell me this has gone weird places already ryan oh, it's gone weird places i haven't cracked off a uh, weird en- entry to the podcast in a while only that uh some dude brought it up during the week on insta some dude brought it up. or was it twitter oh yeah yeah yeah. no it was on insta wasn't it it's becoming a thing where people are now commenting on other people's things and saying what's going on and then a load of dots and then buddy at the end i like it i'm starting to think that maybe it's time for a t-shirt <laughs> yeah i always thought that like what's going on and then dot 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 and down right by the ball sack is where it says buddy right down where the people sign when they sign our autograph picks <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think i'm ever going to get asked for my autograph to be quite honest but uh no no, but yeah, funny. Well, is it all anyway. done? Have you have you mend like it's like a jigsaw puzzle, right? Have you have you set it all up? And do you find IKEA furniture hard to put together? No, it's pe- right. So this weekend, I'll tell you what I put together. I put together a bed. I oh. put together a computer desk. Okay. Uh, a like what, bookcase thing. What were you sleeping on before? I mean, if oh, you're it's getting like the bed, in the, it's in this spare bedroom. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very fancy. So did that. Then what else have we done? Uh, a window bench for downstairs and oh. then my mum rings me up and she says I've been to Ikea I've got a cabinet could you put around and put it together for me I was like well I've got all the tools out might as well do it so mm. five five things this weekend oh. so, Ikea's yeah, dangerous busy. though the candle section dangerous you know when you have to walk through the towels and stuff and you're like towel two quid having some of that you know and you come home with ten towels seven candles Four can yeah. openers, you know, as if you only need and one. And you forget the only thing that you went there for. Yeah, a wardrobe. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Did you get the wardrobe? No, honey, but I have these uh, multicolored uh, mats from Ikea. I did have a job once upon a time. Uh, we used to refurb a certain high street bank. Uh, we used to uh, refurb the staff area. And it was all Ikea furniture. And so a lot of the stuff uh, I have experience in building. Right. So... Yeah, I don't find it that complex to be honest because they give you the diagram <laughs> and stuff no it's not like there are people are going it's so difficult to put together is it like it comes with instructions it literally comes with a step by step guide on how to do it see I can just imagine you now with your Ikea booklet and your diagrams in with yeah. your Swedish words with your shirt off and your tool belt oh man Drink, drinking a diet coke <laughs> have I gone too far this is scary I must have left my webcam on <laughs> the arseless the arseless chaps is the thing that you didn't mention that's how I know you aren't actually watching me yeah you gotta be careful you don't sit on your hammer 
there's a joke there somewhere. Uh, I think we should move on before this goes in. Well, it's already gone into the depths of depravity. Uh, preseason, it's oh, Packers football being back is sensual. Did you expect Aaron Rodgers to be doing as much playing in uh, preseason week two? I was quite happy um, when we had the incompletion. It went fourth down. They said, oh, no, he's only going to be on the field. He's only doing one drive. Um, mm. I was quite happy with that. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers had been Aaron Rodgers and noticed somebody being uh, rather slow getting off the field. Yeah. And, of course, we get the penalties back on the field. But uh, great drive. Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, shock, looked very good. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I was most excited about the fact that who he threw the touchdown to, Martellus Bennett, oh, yeah. which should happen uh, quite a few times this year, we would hope. Yeah, well, according to the Packers as well. I mean, Martellus Bennett and Aaron Rodgers got on the Packers, uh, was it Instagram? And he was saying, you know, it's the first of many. But I tell you, Ryan, it was a bit ropey because he tried to throw it to him in the middle of the field and uh, Martellus Bennett bobbled that ball up into the air. And I was thinking... Now, wouldn't this be an interesting dynamic? Because apparently that would be the death knell for anybody with Aaron Rodgers. You know, ball protection. And if you give over an interception, particularly at Lambeau, even though this wasn't. But for a veteran like Martellus, imagine one of their first connections in a game was him giving an interception to the next team. Do you reckon he'd get the cold mm. shoulder? Or would Aaron be like, mm, can't really do it to a I Super think, Bowl champ? I think, he'd, I think he'd get the stare. Um, yeah. But to be fair, it's preseason. We'd let him off. Um it's Marty B at the end of the day. Uh, I know what you're trying to say, and mm. it's, it's Aaron Rodgers, and he, and and yeah, obviously his opinion does matter. You know, if if he suddenly name drops a player in after the game in the dressing room, mm. um, you know, out of the blue, then that's a massive positive thing because obviously he feels comfortable with somebody, and and similarly as well, you know, if if you if he throws you a nice pass in the numbers and you drop that thing or you fumble it or you bobble it or you know deflect it and it's intercepted, whatever, then. Um, yeah, obviously it's going to lose a little bit of, little bit of trust, and and that that is what it's all about, isn't it? You know, if you're going to throw a guy the ball, you you want to know he's going to go and get it. Um, so there's a massive trust thing, and a mass, you know, that all that's all part of the chemistry. Yeah. Um, and talking of chemistry, that is apparently why Kirk Cousins stayed in the game so long because I was surprised by how long he stayed on the field. Same, but uh, I did read a bit up, and I saw a couple of guys make some comments. So obviously, they lost uh, their starting receivers, yeah. um, so they're probably leaving them in there too try and build something up um yeah don't know well that's really impressed and um the, but you see that's why ryan i was looking at it and i was thinking jesus our defense did well i mean the the redskins went three and out constantly you know and then i looked at it and said well they the redskins did that in their last game but it was excellent for the defense the second string defense to be able to get on against cousins a guy who's been yeah. paid colossal money who mm -hmm. if they didn't think because look i have a brother-in-law who's a massive redskins fan and he's just convinced that they could, they just should have cut uh, Kirk Cousins, let him go. But obviously, the organization think that highly of him that they still want to keep him around because they think that they can do the business with him. Now, I do think that probably next year they're going to let him go. But I mean, this guy he has got caliber. He has brought them to the playoffs. He has been running through dressing rooms saying, "You like that?" So um, you know, he's got some caliber there. Uh, Fat Rob was on Rob Kelly. Um, good old Irishman himself <laughs> and they held him obviously nine nine rushes for nine yards uh, one yard average which was pretty yeah. good so we're seeing some nice things but I what I found and what I have been finding about the preseason games and let me know if you see the same is that look we haven't got to see Aaron Rodgers particularly but we have got to see the younger quarterbacks which we're going to talk about in more detail it seems like each quarterback has 
their toys that they want to play with. And if you look at the likes of Brett Hundley, he seems to be going to the same guys that he feels comfortable with, you know, like McCaffrey and all the rest. Um, but the chemistry is still there with Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. That was nice to see. And that touchdown pass to Martellus Bennett. So Aaron Rodgers drive, 15 plays, 75 yards. As you said, caught the guy, the 12th man on the field. He's still up to his old tricks. Um, Marty B looks like the type of guy. And apparently Aaron Rodgers came out after and said that the type of ball that Marty B wanted was kind of a jump ball because of his height. I mean, he had five, six inches on Zach Brown, I believe was the linebacker who was on him. Um, he had five, six inches on him. What he's asking Aaron Rodgers to do in games, according to Aaron Rodgers, is is to use that height, throw the ball up there and get him to come down with it. This is a guy who, right, this guy's going to have a wingspan of what? You know, he's going to be able to jump up to eight foot. He's going to be difficult to, to contend yeah. with, but let's just hope that he stays healthy. Yeah, so he's just got to get up there on a ladder and yeah. go and get the ball. And if that's what he wants to do, as you say, he's gonna he's gonna cause matchup issues, um, especially across the middle. There's not gonna be many that are gonna be able to sort of size up with him size and strength wise. That's gonna be covering him. So, yeah, why not? And the preseason is the time to get those adjustments in there and get and get those type of things going. Mm. And apparently they're gonna play Aaron Rodgers in the first team offense in the next preseason game also. So like it's worth staying up for worth shooting in for but something ryan sure. that we were talking about and something that i know you want to mention trevor davis seemed like he redeemed himself from that uh muffed punt that he had against tennessee last year which people pinpointed as the time he lost the punt return job to randall cobb randall cobb comes out and says i asked him for that job i wanted it's who i am it's my identity as a receiver as an nfl player uh trevor davis was sending video footage of himself catching balls to uh, Ron Zuck Ron Zuck says I've never had that before everyone's impressed with him he looks like he's doing the business he comes in last week returns one to the house and everyone's thinking great he's won the job again but they still rotated it between himself and Jeff Janis so uh, they go three and out the Redskins last night and Trevor Davis is on punt return and muffs the punt again I mean has he lost it again Ryan I know you want to talk about this right I don't know. Has he? Had, did he ever win it? All right. He came out and he was in that position, but I don't think anybody's won the job yet. And then I'd say to you, out of Trevor Davis and and Jeff Janis, who's the better receiver? In preseason, it is Jeff Janis because the Trevor Davis didn't catch a pass as a receiver in the first game, so it's it's hard to judge. He was right. more on the field this time round. But Jeff Janis last night was unbelievable that pass he caught down the sideline i think for 39 yards 38 39 yards yeah. was absolutely ridiculous but i just think he's a better receiver he's got mm. more experience when we're talking about their speed like i know i know i know it's been said before you know that he's now the fastest he's taken over as the fastest player on the team from jeff janice we're probably talking tenths of a second yeah but if you can't catch the ball at the end of running at a thousand miles an hour then there's not much point and I don't know that I, I feel like I'm happier with Jeff Janis than I am with Trevor Davis. And then we're saying, well, Trevor Davis is going to be the kick guy. Tell me why Jeff Janis can't be the kick guy. So I'm thinking to myself like there, I put Jeff Janis ahead of Trevor Davis. Okay. Now, yeah, he had the return the other week, but McCaffrey's been back there doing it. Janis has been back there doing it. You still got the option of Randall Cobb. If that's Trevor Davis has got to start making more of an impression in the receiving game. And then he should be adding the kick returns and so on to it. But if he can't be consistent there, I don't know. He gives you enough receiving talent that's better than anyone else on the team 
to, to make the team, if that makes sense. Yeah. At the moment, because I've got Jeff Janis and Geronimo Allison. Geronimo Allison looked really, really nice last night. I thought he had a really good game, had some great moves. He had moves on moves. Um, and I just thought he looked really sharp. Now, I know he's out for the first game, but he really nobody's going to make a, a decision based on one game out. So I have Janis and Allison ahead of him at this point. And so I think he's starting to struggle. And if he can't make a name for himself in the return game, then I don't see where a spot is for him when you've got the likes of McCaffrey looking good. Okay, massive long shot. You know, you've got Yancey and Dupree, the draft picks. You know, they've looked okay when they've had a go. We haven't really seen enough yet. You've even got the guy that I hadn't even heard of coming into the year, Crockett, is it, number nine. You know, he can look nice. Now, I get it. I get it. It's preseason. So you're talking about guys playing against third and fourth choice defensive players at some point. But all these guys are looking really good. And if they can all receive as well as Trevor Davis, and I don't care how quick he runs, because honestly, it does not matter how fast you run if you can't produce the goods. So it's I don't care how fast he is. He's got to be able to produce the goods at the end of it. And I feel like there's many other players on the roster currently now that are doing that whether it be, like we said, Jeff Janis, whether it be Geronimo Allison or some of the other guys. McCaffrey, I like, looks good. Um, and, and, you know, even Crockett looking decent. I'm, I'm not saying those guys are going to out him, but he's certainly at this point is behind Janis and, and Allison, in, in my opinion. Yeah, look, but I'm looking at it. That fumble, I think the fumble is a good thing. Because, okay. and I, I know I always say there's always one point in the podcast where I say something and you go, okay, <laughs> waiting for what is he saying now? Um, I think it's a good thing because it's to do with overconfidence. I think I think it's I think it's recalibrated him to a degree because before he had that fumble against Tennessee, he felt so dogged out by it and lost the job on on punt returns, kick returns. So he had to go and send runs up tape during the off season. Now mm-hmm. after last week all the talk that he's going to read in the media and um, probably all the stuff that he's getting in tape study is going to be look how good you're doing you're doing great just keep that up you're definitely we're going to put you on punt returns again you're doing brilliant just keep doing what you're doing if you look at the step that he made when he made that return to the house he had no right to not call for a fair catch he should have just caught the ball and stuck with it because the other guy was nearly on top of him he caught the ball last week and made one sidestep, missed the guy by millimetres and brought it to the house. It looked like he was doing the exact same when he fumbled the ball. If you look at him, he, the, the ball comes down to him. He's made that step as he's securing the ball and that's when the ball pops out. And that's why I think he's he was so overconfident that he was going to catch it, make that identical sidestep. I think he sidestepped to the right last week. He was going to do it to the left this week. He was already looking upfield which is a big no-no. It's like playing golf and you're already imagining that ball landing on the green and you're looking for it before. You just have to keep what's, your head down and swing. What's the right? green? What? But you never it sounds like that, a no? place I've never been to on a golf course, yeah. <laughs> a wild and distant land. I only get half the 17 shots. I've certainly never been on the fairway. I know that much. I like to play in and out the trees. Oh, yeah. You like it, you like it rough. That's what I hear. So, yeah. <laughs> that was off the cuff. I like it. For, especially for this late. So, it looked like it was overconfident. So, maybe what this will do, it'll recalibrate him. And, 
why I say that and why I think I'm right in saying that is is that on the next punt return, which, let's face it, we forced Washington into all game, he was out there doing it again. And I don't think it's anything to read into the fact that, that you know, there was other personnel out there doing it, Jeff Janis and the rest. Later on in the game, I don't think that was like, oh, we'll take him off it. They put him on the next one, which is the main thing. If you fall off the horse, get back on. And that's exactly what he did. I think it's going to be fine. I think that's still going to be his job. I think they'll give him one or they'll give him the rest of the preseason games, in fact. Because the competition is so, so adept at wide receiver to prove himself, I'd say. Okay, okay. So obviously this year things have changed. You used to get cut down days, didn't you, where you go from like ninety, I think, to seventy five to something else to then the final roster. This year, of course, you can keep all ninety on the team right up until the final cut cut down day where you bring it down, right? So do you envisage then him being on the team on that cut down day? Yeah. You do? Yep. In what capacity? I reckon as a punt returner. Because look, he's experienced, right? And he was catching passes last season, albeit not a whole lot. I think his total comes to like 24 yards and whatever. I don't know. Like before, I thought it was more cut and dry before the emergence of Jeff Janis. But it is pre-season. But the only thing I will say for Jeff is is that he's catching balls in traffic and he's catching them down the sidelines and he looks like he's making really crisp routes and he's, he's in the places where he's supposed to be. Because yeah. on his touchdown last week, he wasn't at that place when the ball was released he made it to that place which makes me think that he's made that step sure. up i don't know ryan i mean you you don't seem too high on, on trevor here do you not yeah, think he's gonna make that then that jump no i, w- I want to clear this up and for one of the reasons i want to clear this up is because i made a, a tongue-in-cheek comment before and uh and our friend kurt tagged the player in it and uh all the rest of it so i'm not saying i'm not a fan of trevor davis what i'm saying is i'm a fan of him but i'm more of a fan of other people mm. okay and i just think that he needs to, if he can if he can go the next two preseason games, and he can be very impressive in the punt return and the kick return game. Yeah. Then maybe you know I'll change my opinion because then he does give you that extra. But if the moment he messes up like he did the other night, and then all of a sudden they put in Janice, and Janice is playing well at the receiver position, and now Janice is getting a go at kicking and punt return. If he can give you that on the return game, you don't need the punt return specialist. So all of a sudden his if you like his extra uh string to his bow that he had suddenly it's it's not so much of a, a thing and so he risks he risks that that's all i'm saying i'm just saying at this yeah. point i'm more of a fan of other guys on the team and it's it's up to him to show us why he's got to be on the team yeah and jeff Jones could have real value with that position and as you said like who's counting milliseconds it's about football intelligence when you're returning the ball more than anything else because one of the best punt returners in the game Devin Hester was tiny uh, Trin and Holiday was tiny now that might be down to the fact that and as a guy who uh, isn't the tallest dude in the world it's sometimes when you're small you're hard to see and these lads were little pocket rockets but at the same time I mean, they're shorter legs. They're not going to have that straight line speed that you get out of a taller guy. And they were still incredibly successful. So, you know, you don't need to be super tall and super fast. You just need Mm. to be uh, football smart to do it. And I don't think either that that narrative washes with, well, if Jeff Janis is running crisp routes, he's going to make it on as a legit wide receiver and they're going to sub him on uh, throughout the game, not just as a last resort, you know, when, you know, Jordy, if, if anyone's to get injured or whatever. Um, and that if you put them on punt returns, well, then you're risking them and all that. I don't think that washes because look how they use Randall Cobb for years, use him out of the backfield, use him as a punt returner, kick returner. So, you know, they were willing to sort of risk him. And like Randall Cobb even said himself, he never picked up any of his injuries doing that position. Um, and of course, you know, where they move the kick to limit injuries, blah, blah, blah. But I find it bad, Ryan. 
And I don't know if you feel the same way, that the guys who are fighting for their place on the roster, because you have the first team offense come on, he's playing with Devontae Adams, with Jordy Nelson, with Martellus Bennett, Lance Kendricks is, is faffing around, right? Um, but then you put on the guys who are fighting for their jobs, those guys are safe, and then the guys who are fighting for their jobs, you give them second, third, fourth string quarterbacks, you give them an O-line who isn't the starting O-line, or you give them, you know, some of their starters peppered with kind of lads who need more experience, so your rookie quarterback, who's already potentially going to make a bad decision, has to be behind the line who leaks or makes bad decisions. And then you're getting a sort of panicky throw into bad coverage. And you're the rookie guy who has to come down with that ball. And then you don't or you drop it or you can't make the catch. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, I think uh, Maliki Dupree isn't looking too fresh. He couldn't get that on the sideline when it was catchable. And you're kind of thinking, if those guys were to get reps with Aaron Rodgers it'd be different because if they run their routes like they're supposed to, well, then they'd be there to make that play and maybe impress. Do you find preseason is worthless in that regard and unfair in that regard because you're trying to make a name for yourself, but you're not giving the guy throwing the ball to you? You know, to make that play, you're kind of dealing with putting out fires more than anything else and trying to make something happen. Um, Yeah, I think I feel like I know the comment obviously about being being under attack because the linemen i think at the moment our line strength is not great and maybe that's something we'll talk about um, yeah. because that was a worry from last night so so i get what you're saying there um in terms of you know is it does it make it tougher or not i don't know it kind of all evens out doesn't it i mean last night the washington game obviously uh, cousin stayed on the field a lot longer because he was trying to build sort of chemistry with a new team and, and whatever that works for washington but usually You'll see both starters, starting QBs, starting teams in the game. Then they both sort of leave at the same sort of time. And then the second lot of guys come on. Do you know what I mean? It's all kind of similar against similar. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh on the O-line. Um, and, and maybe it is just a case of a new line that hasn't played so much together. But you'd have to feel in your head that when you got the second team offense in training and the third team offense in training, those lines will be playing together in those positions in training. Yeah. So, it worried me last night how they performed. How do you feel about those guys? Yeah, it did worry me as well, but I think that they, I think it was Rob Domofsky pointed out one player in particular, and that's Jason Spriggs. Um, the fact that he gave up, I think he said he gave up, you know, because like, and it's like you said, it's it's like when they went from the, the first offense to the, to the second string or kind of a mishmash of both. When Brett Hundley came on, and that's why I was surprised to see his stats at the end of the day. And I said, I think Mike McCarty even came out and said, he's had one of his best games as a Packer. And I was like, really? Because if you look at him at the start of the game, uh, first play of the game, sacked. Then there's a delay of game. And then there's almost a safety, but he just dumps the ball off. So I was thinking, Jesus, like, really? Did he did he have that good of a game? And Hundley ended the game, 9 of 10, 107 yards and a touchdown. His passer rating was 144.6, which if you're putting out an audition for people, Ryan, that is certainly going to be one of them. So in that regard, if... The proof is in the pudding of Hundley being out there and that the line being leaky and Spriggs giving up a whole lot and the fact that he's yeah. totally not ready. Hundley's still able to make it happen. But here's the question for you. Hundley had a mega game last night and he's definitely been the standout player, I'd say, in the NFL in the preseason. Because over two games, two preseason games, he, he completed 68% of his passes. He has 101.6% passer rating. 
He's gone for 197 yards, two touchdowns, and that interception in the middle of the field, uh, which he definitely shouldn't have thrown. So this guy's really putting out some proper game tape. Now, we put out on the UK Packers Twitter, who is vying for the quarterback three spot? Is it Joe Callahan or is it Taysom Hill? And Scotty Mann raised an important point, or who is vying for the second spot because Hundley might be traded. Is that going to... Like, do you think we're at danger that happened this season? Um that Hundley might be gone and would you be happy enough with what you've seen from Joe Callahan and Taysom Hill for those two guys to slot up in the second and third roles uh, yeah I think uh, other GMs around the league are going to be keeping an eye on him especially if they suddenly find themselves with an injury um, or just a situation that isn't working out but I, I almost feel like the longer it goes on the closer we get to the season it, it won't happen um, I feel like it probably would have happened already. So I think it will only be in the case if somebody gets an injury and then they would have to weigh up, do, does does bringing in Brett Hundley as a newbie to what we're doing here, um, is that better? Is that a better option than our backup quarterback who maybe on paper is not as good, but he's been here practicing, he's with the players, he's got some some kind of chemistry with the team already. And so I feel like the closer it gets to the season, it probably won't happen. Um I don't think he'll stay with the team past the end of his contract. Uh, I think at that point, somebody would give him a go to come and compete for a starting job somewhere. Uh, but um, yeah, is Joe Callahan ready? I certainly thought so on last week's showing and uh, what we saw sort of going back to last preseason. Um, last night, he had a bit of a rough ride. Um, Taysom Hill looks nice. He's certainly exciting to watch and he, when he starts running around and you know, when he got that first down, he jumped up and gave the old big first down punch in the air. You know, I, I loved all that. It was exciting to watch. And w- trust me, when you're watching a preseason game at half three, four in the morning, that's kind of what you need in the fourth quarter. So he looks nice, um, but we've got to remember against who he's, you know, who, who it is that he's playing with. So, uh, and against, um, I think Hundley, yeah, it, it's starting to look less and less likely he leaves this year. Um but, you know, if he did, I think we, we, we're in good hands. I mean, at the end of the day, let's be realistic. If Aaron Rodgers goes down, right, which obviously we hope he doesn't, but if he does go down, the way in which he inspires and leads the team and sometimes, at times, carries the team when it's playing badly, you're kind of probably not going to go and win a Super Bowl without Aaron Rodgers. So it doesn't matter really if you've got Brett Hundley there, uh, Joe Callahan, Taysom Hill, or Stephen O'Brien. You know, you're probably not going to go to the big game. Hey, come on. I said, I said probably. All right. You that's know, I think Joe Callahan. I think Joe Callahan could do it. That's that's pretty much an all Irish uh, quarterback <laughs> room right there. Uh, good old Joey Callahan from County Tullamore, County Offaly. Yeah, do you know what? This question came up, and so we put it out there, and the the result of the poll was that Taysom Hill bet out Joe Callahan, and it's amazing to to see how short people's memories are. Like no one knew who T- uh, Taysom Hill was. I certainly didn't know who he was. I was like, really? They're after signing the quarterback? Why? Um, Joe Callahan does some great stuff on the run. Taysom Hill now is doing that as well. So Taysom Hill, people said, because first off, I don't think Brett Hundley is going to be traded because, like you alluded to, you're not going to bring in a new quarterback no matter how promising and try get them to learn a new offensive playbook because you're not going to be that screwed on top of that the Packers hold all the cards here the same as the Patriots do with Jimmy Garoppolo in the sense that they don't need to trade him they're absolutely under no pressure to do so and this guy fits into the Green Bay system he smashed it two years ago in preseason uh to, had an injury the you know last year and this is where he's picked Aaron Rodgers even said like he's picking up where he left off so he's doing well but sometimes as we saw with Matt Flynn 
And even with Joe Callahan to a degree, right? Because he was doing well. The the Packers released him. He bounced around to two teams. Now, to you know, what quarterback fits the system better, be it um and leaving Hundley aside because he's playing brilliant, and I think that we would have faith in Hundley to a degree. But you know, mm-hmm. preseason's very vanilla, very vanilla. And he's coming up against his second stringers as well, who usually end up being yeah. rookies and very inexperienced. Like, this guy's been sitting behind Aaron Rodgers now for a good few years. And we even had a meme I found on my phone going back years saying, when your third-string quarterback is better than Chicago Bears' first string, you know, which was Jay Cutler at the time, um, <laughs> all those yeah. years ago. So, you know, this guy's been hanging around a while, and he's got to sit behind Aaron Rodgers the same way that he did, Brett Favre. So looking at the other two dudes, so Joe Callahan and Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is brilliant to watch. He hurdled the guy in preseason week one. He did loads of running around. But the Packers are not built to be a running team. No matter what Mike McCarthy likes to dream up and say to the media that, oh, we want to be, you know, heavy on the run as well. You know, Taysom Hill's good at running, but you cannot set an offensive scheme around a running quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is good with his legs. He did a good bit of running uh, last night as well. I think he had a 14-yard run to pick up a first down. But that's not how we're set up, is to say, make your first read, maybe your second. If it doesn't go off, well, then just crack off a run and see what you can do. That's not how our offense Mm -hmm. is set up. So, in fact, to look at the quarterback that's most probably set for us, it's more than likely going to be Joe Callahan, even though Taysom Hill is better and he's he's amazing with his legs. But another fault that I had, especially with these rookies uh, that I'm seeing as well, well, not that Joe Callahan's a rookie, but these sort of fresh-faced quarterbacks, let's say, it's almost built into their mind that the minute they get the snap, they roll out right and then see what's happening. You know, did you get that kind of, that the, they don't sort well, of the, sit in the, the pocket? Is, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's as soon as you get spooked and under pressure, then you, you, you tend to roll out and you'll roll out the way in, in which it's an easier throw. So if you're right-handed, you're going to go right. If you're left, it's, it's the left. So okay, that, that's that's all well and good when you're trying to avoid the pressure, and that's probably as well if our offensive line's falling apart. The only problem that does do is it means your receivers, especially if they're going away from that roll to the right, a quarterback's never going to roll right and then throw to the left-hand side. So, you know, receivers then got to try and look up, adjust, you know, come back. Um, come back towards the quarterback or, or adjust the run to come back across the field. So you, you don't want to see it become habit, mm. but then at the same time, they've probably got little choice when their offensive line was, you know, performing as it was, unfortunately, last night. Yeah. So, Ryan, another thing that was sort of prevalent last night was is the emergence more of Jamal Williams. I think he was very impressive. I saw some stuff where... Um, there was a first down they got a first down and there was great protection of Aaron Rodgers he, he made his block the offensive line leaked but he made his block uh, and that was quite evident so he knows as well as the media knows and I really hate sometimes this buzzword that just the same concept that keeps coming up again and again and again like oh you know he's good at passing but I actually saw it I saw that he was he was good in protection he kept A-Rod standing last night which we want in the preseason so Everyone's sort of looking at him now and going, oh, well, has he overtaken Ty Montgomery? First off, I don't think we should be too concerned because it's preseason. I don't think we should be too attached to Ty Montgomery because he's quite new as well. And I think it's it's well within the realms and it's not that unbelievable that someone could challenge Ty Montgomery for the job when he's only been doing it. This is his first time doing it full time. You, you do realise that somewhere Tom Coles has just thrown his phone across the room. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware of that, that we aren't uh, singing his praises. Another guy who comes into this is Aaron Jones. So, you know, there's an awful lot of talk from the media saying that Aaron Jones, Devontae Mays and Jamal Williams, all very serviceable, could all make the team. I haven't seen enough from Devontae Mays to tell me that. 
and Aaron Jones as well. People are, you know, I find people sometimes at them on Twitter to try to get a retweet. Oh, this guy's an absolute beast. Like, he's good. Calm down. Uh, don't inflate his head. Don't be uh, whoring yourself out looking for retweets and likes. And let's just get down to the brass taxes here. Aaron Jones looked lively. And I like the fact that Aaron Jones's touchdown, Brett Hundley was instrumental in that. Obviously, you'd say, yes, he threw him the ball. But Aaron Jones said after that that Hundley came into the huddle and said, dudes, we're behind. Let's, you know, get the lead again. And he said to Aaron Jones, I have a feeling that what they'll do is, is they're going to bring the blitz. Uh, if I need somewhere to go, I need you to be available. And I think you will be available because they're going to bring the blitz. So roll out and, you know, double back just off the, off the end zone. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, hit him with a dart and in he went. So I like the fact that Brett Hundley is showing a commanding presence. I like the fact that he's able to tell the guys what's going to happen before it does. And I like the fact that Aaron Jones and him are on the same page and he's able to put the ball in. Right, is it cut and dry now that the, who's going to make the team is going to be Aaron Rip, uh, Ty Montgomery, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Are we going to go for another one? And are you as impressed no, as the media seems it. to be? You think that's it, yeah? Uh, I'm not impressed at all with the running game so far. I mean, I don't think... I think last week, didn't we have three of the top four leading rushers in in the game last week were quarterbacks. This week, two of the top four are quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, the the run game is just not happening, and I don't know why. Is, is it because, as we say, the offensive line, once they whip all the starters out, are just not creating any holes? Yeah. Is it because, let's be realistic for a second, they're all rookies, mm. and we're just expecting more than we're probably going to get right now? Um, Ty Montgomery is still the starter for me, but you're right. Uh, Jamal Williams could come in and challenge him, but I believe that's all it will be. It'll be he can challenge him. Uh, I think Ty Montgomery starts. Um, you know, we want somebody to come in and compete with him for that number one spot. If we've got two, let's say we had two or three guys who could all legitimately be, legitimately be the number one running back because of how well they're performing, not because of you know how poorly they all perform, but because of how well they perform. Then that's a nice problem to have. Um, but it worries me. That we like, I feel like, and this name's going to get booed by everybody, but I feel like we could have Adrian Peterson at his prime in our backfield, and we still won't be able to run the football. Like it worries me right now, and and this is this is preseason overreaction of the week, okay? And I get that, and there'll be people just just laughing at me and telling me to you know be quiet, but um, it just worries me that, that we're not really seeing anything from the running backs. Now, I, I do get it. They are all rookies uh, because obviously Montgomery hasn't played so much. So they are all rookies. They've got to learn. But, you know, we're, to- we're not talking about guys that are no-name running backs. They all did very, very well at the, the schools they came from. Why can't we make it work with running backs? Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I don't get. And, and I think that's the bit that worries me at the minute. And it's great. You know, we, we're talking about there, Jamal Williams doing this bit. You know, he's going outside. He's, he's available in the passing game. It's a running back scoring a touchdown. It's a receiving touchdown. You know, when, when are we going to get some? And then the one rushing touchdown that we scored last night, scored by a, a quarterback in Taysom Hill, who's going to be a practice squad player. You know, so for me, I, I would like to see a run game at some point. I don't want to be going into week one and still not really have anything of a run game. So that it does worry me a little bit at the minute. Because I do think preseason is important for that in the sense that we have to see some runs cracked off. I don't think we're going to get nothing going in preseason and week one run for 400 yards. I think it's going to be 
they're going to have to try. Because I, I was shocked by some of the, I don't know if some of the play calling or maybe the offensive line not opening up the right holes. But Jamal Williams, after Aaron Rodgers caught 12 men on the field, they did, I, I believe it was two consecutive runs up the middle and they got snuffed out for basically nothing. And I have to wonder about a play call like that. I mean, what are they expecting the running back to do? You know, to, to squeeze through a gap, make himself small and, and crack off some big yeah. yards. You know, and that's, that those are the types of runs as well where you need your offensive line to create those gaps. And if, exactly. of course, if we're struggling a bit on the offensive line, we're not going to create those gaps. So I understand that as well. And I think they've given the offensive line that assignment to say, break this open, uh, get the guy with the run up the middle. You know, or I don't know whether the defense were just savvy in those two occasions. And the first one, they did well. And the second one, they snuffed out that it was going to be another run up the middle. And they snuffed that out as well. And that may be you know because the play calling especially in green bay can maybe get too clever for its own good that there's a mm. double bluff element to it i don't know um but the, you see that's the thing is that preseason is only good as a viewer as well if you know what you're looking for and i'm not saying that we do and it's an awful lot of guesswork and even some of the nfl coaches are there looking at it and they can't actually discern anything valuable like you might get on that assignment is that they don't even care how long the play goes for. They just want to test that O-lineman to see can he do his assignment and do his job. And the fact yeah. that it got snuffed out might not even be on the O-line. It's the fact that the defense made you know, two stellar plays, one after the other. Who knows? And you don't know what yeah. they're looking for or what their was, assignments are. There was a really good example of exactly what you just said there in, in last night's game. And it was actually on a, I think it was on a kickoff. Now, Mason's been banging him out of the end zone and he had been doing so last night. And then last night, he drops one short, just just on the edge of the t- a touchdown area. Yeah. Right now, he doesn't just miss his kick at that point. I believe, obviously, that what the coaches wanted to see there was could we cover a kick. So you, you're absolutely right. You know, sometimes what we're seeing on TV might it might not be quite as it seems. <laughs> no, but that's it. Yeah, and it'd be nice to be a fly on the wall to see what the coaches are looking for. Is that the whole play might have went horribly wrong, but they could be delighted with it because they said Jamal. Uh, you you picked up that blitz that was great you know we went three and out but in all of those blitz pickups you were fantastic on it you get your positive grade and you know looking at that stuff unless you know all of that preseason is pretty useless it's only when the season starts to to roll around now lastly ryan before we get on to sort of the injury roundup and some housekeeping is that they're saying a criticism for aaron Rodgers last year was that he got off to a slow start and people are expecting him to play more this preseason to make him knock it off to that slow start. Do you subscribe to that with the experience that Aaron Rodgers has in the game at this stage? Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I think we'd all prefer him not to play very much because we don't want you know something bad to happen. Um, but yeah, I think I think potentially you kind of need to take that real risk, risk to gain the reward, if mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's going to have to play a bit more at some point. Um, and certainly I think week three tends to be that week. In week four, you don't really see any of the starters even step out. Um, so week three, we should see a bit more of him. So it'd be well worth staying up and watching that one. Yeah, and I do think it's uh, important for players like that because I you know, I go to work, have my passwords and all the rest. It has to be changed regularly. It's regulation. I go on a week holiday, come back, can't remember my password, forget to wear suit bottoms, don't wear a tie, uh, roll on in, go to the wrong car park, go into the wrong floor, sit down on someone else's chair. And then, you know, so uh, that's after a week. And so these guys are out for so long. They need to get back into the... Because I don't know, where did I hear it? I might have been on the Will the Intow show. 
it was about the fact that some players in the NFL are missing the fundamentals. Actually, I think it was on uh, the Packers Unscripted podcast. They were talking about that some people just miss the fundamentals because now that they never practice them anymore. Because they either get too experienced that they just don't bother to practice them because they think, well, I have this down. I don't need to be you know, throwing a ball into a net from 50 yards away. I've got that down. But uh, in I think Wes raises that in the episodes of Hard Knocks with the Buccaneers is one of the main players that they're focusing on that he still practices you know getting off the line quickly and all that and that's something uh, Gerald McCoy and that what he does is is that he tries to get off the line quickly and he has unbelievable speed and he's a bit of a veteran but the reason he has it is because he just keeps practicing it all the time and I don't think you can downplay or water that down I think you still need to put your starters out there and get them the reps in preseason like you said uh, week three is probably better than week four and week four, you'd find that an awful lot of the rookies are really fighting tooth and nail to try and get that uh, starting job. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, injury roundup. Uh, Dean Lowry's out with a knee injury. Linebacker, trip, got a concussion, not good. Going to yeah. cleared of a concussion. Then we have Derek Matthews is out and Jermaine Whitehead out. Uh, he's the safety. Um, yeah. He's out as well and he's going on the protocol. Uh, again Ryan the media trying to hype this stuff up saying that it's an awful lot more important than it is the one that really sort of concerns me obviously would be Gunter um, and also Trip at linebacker I think we're too weak at that position we need everybody in there we don't need anybody in concussion protocol yeah he's a guy I'm looking forward to Trip I want to see what he can do and I still don't know maybe we haven't seen it yet because he I don't know he hasn't got much more to give but it certainly it's, a, it's certainly a position if you're on the Green Bay roster at middle linebacker um, you know, you've got a chance here because I would say it's not set in stone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let's uh, hope, pray that no other manky stuff happens before now and then. Anyway, let's get on to some housekeeping before we go. 1919 Club, people voted for a Paul Hornung jersey. We're doing that. It's selling fast. And we've also got more goodies in the in the prize draw to give away for this one, don't we, Rano? Yeah, we sure have. So somebody asked us the other day um, if we could maybe do some other items, not mm-hmm. just jerseys. We have done some helmets and we have done some footballs in the past. We've got another football coming up, which is a Jake Ryan one. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and we do have a road jersey coming up, which I think is only the second road jersey we've had. Mm-hmm. And that's a Doug Evans one. Obviously, Doug yeah. Evans was uh, played a huge part in winning the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Yeah. Um, so some great players coming up there. Obviously, Jake Ryan's one of those middle linebackers right now. Um, who should be a starter come the start of the season. So we got signed football by him as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Paul Horning, you wanted it. It's on there. Get your tickets bought. Four pounds uh, a ticket. Send it to us via friends and family and uh, we'll get you in the draw. Yep, sell them well, sell them fast and limited spots. And once it's full, then we pull the trigger on the draw. So our jerseys are still for sale. And just to inform people as well, now we do have it on the website and we did have it in all the newsletters that we sent out about it. These are the official UK Packers super custom membership only jerseys. So they have your membership number on the front and on the back. They have your name or any name that you want uh, on the back as well, like a proper NFL jersey. And then they have your membership number on the inside on the back of the neck. Um, and they're a game-worn jersey by Nuola. So they do all of the jerseys for um, American football teams throughout the UK. So this thing stands up to actual game conditions. So it'll definitely stand up to you stepping out, hopefully, into the nightclub to get the shift, uh, to get your tash on or whatever you like to say over there in England. So 
Uh, fantastic jerseys, but there is a four-week lead time because they're so super custom because, you know, they have all of these bits. They're actually put together um, to fit whatever size that you have. So there is a four-week wait, so you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer to get them, but Ryan, these things are worth the wait, right? Yeah, they're absolutely beautiful. And I have to say as well, I think you'll find Nuola also do Team Ireland's flag football jerseys, which is quite cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a great item. We've got ours. Uh, I know a bunch of people have bought theirs. Um, Arrowheads abroad as well, I think it should be noted, saw our jerseys and thought they were so sexy. They've gone and made their own jerseys. Mm. So if you're going to be there at the end season Super Bowl party, which we should have an announcement coming on very soon, I hope. Um, obviously that big flag football game there those that happen will be wearing those jerseys so it should be pretty cool it's going to advance to the stage where it's going to be full contact in about four years time <laughs> I think it's going to yeah, be see, like people keep all. asking that but I know uh, for, for certain the Arrowheads abroad do have quite a few full contact players in their ranks so hmm. let's not so that's it for the podcast for this week we cannot wait to get and crank off our regular season podcast we've got some special stuff coming up for you there as well and some absolutely super special 1919 club draws we have a Brett Favre helmet we have an Aaron Rodgers cap signed as well and we're going to be sending in a newsletter pretty shortly about how you can get involved in that monthly draw as well so from myself at NFL on Twitter from the group at UK Packers make sure that you follow us on Facebook just search UK Packers find the podcast on iTunes or any podcast provider hit us up on Insta with at UK Packers and from my old buddy my old pal at Ryan Peacock NFL it's goodbye for this week have a great week